I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Ashley Peterson. She's vice president of science and technology for the National Chicken Council. Great to see you, Ashley. Good to see you again. I want to talk with you about a couple of post-harvest topics. Um, you know, salmonella is getting a lot of attention, but Campylobacter is still out there as well. Uh, I understand FSIS is changing its testing methods? Correct. What exactly is going on? So before, um, FSIS would sample and um, analyze those samples through a direct plating method. Um, but what they found is when the agency switched to uh, neutralized buffered peptone water, which we've talked about uh, previously, um, that that was interfering with the Campylobacter recovery. And so the Campylobacter numbers actually started plummeting. And so the agency wanted to look further into that. And so they switched are in the process of switching from the direct plating to an enrichment method, which is much more sensitive. And uh, I like to say it kind of gives the uh, Campylobacter cells CPR, so they come back to life, and then they can be detected through the assays that FSIS runs. So what should the industry be doing to prepare itself for this change? So it's definitely going to be a substantial change. Right now, um, USDA is collecting samples to develop a baseline. Um, they will factor in the Healthy People 2020 goals like they normally do when they develop a performance standard. Um, essentially, the old performance standard, given that that was using the direct plate method, is no longer on the table. And it's my understanding that the agency plans to propose a new performance standard for um, whole birds, chicken parts, and comminuted chicken within the next six months or so, and then the industry is going to have to meet that performance standard probably sometime in early 2020 would be my estimate. So they've suspended testing for Campy? They're still testing for Campylobacter, but they're not holding the industry accountable to a standard right now. But they're still doing the, the testing, the plants are still getting those results. So do consumers have any concerns about that or should they have any concerns? And the industry is very much focused on reducing prevalence of all pathogens. And we do that through a multi-hurdle approach all the way back from the farm through the processing plant. So the industry is continuing to do their due diligence and work on lowering that, especially knowing that with this more sensitive test method, they're going to have a bigger hurdle to, to jump over. So I would think that, honestly, the, the industry has um, implemented more interventions now to prepare themselves for the performance standard that's looming. Let's talk about the 52-week window that USDA FSIS has been using for reporting Salmonella and Campylobacter, that's changing? So previously the agency was using 13 52-week windows. And so that encompassed about 65 weeks of data. So what happened in a processing plant 65 weeks ago is probably not what's happening today. So it really wasn't a very good indicator of performance. And plus it was almost impossible to calculate, much less explain it in, in their methodology. So they simplified that um, in the fall. And when they started their November posting of categories, they had changed it to one 52-week window. So again, that made it much easier to, to do the math. Um, parasitic acid, which is used in processing extensively, I mean, even in organic poultry processing plants um, to, to control salmonella and, and presumably other pathogens. Uh, I understand regulatory authorities are starting to take a closer look at that. Yes, they have. Um, there has been a proposed standard for an exposure standard that came out of NIOSH um, a couple years ago. Um, we do know that um, there are some people who have a little bit more sensitivity to the PAA odors, 
Um, it is the most widely used um, antimicrobial that we have right now. Um, we're obviously looking for um, new and innovative technologies to help lower salmonella and campylobacter. Um, but yes, the government is paying very close attention to PAA use. So it's not a food safety concern, it's strictly worker safety. It's, it's a worker safety concern at this point. Now, if you do use PAA at a high concentration and you have a increased dwell time, you can negatively impact the quality of the product. So you can get um, black, black on the wingtips from overexposure to PAA, but that's not normally the case. One other thing I want to cover is that last year they introduced a new poultry inspection system that it would allow for faster line speeds. How does that work and how is it working for the industry? Right, so um, the hemp project was in place about 20 years ago where 20 plants could volunteer to have an elevated line speed up to 175 birds a minute. And the agency collected data for years and years and years looking at food safety, worker safety. Um, then they decided that it was it was a good it's a good program. There's still bird by bird inspection, which is a regulatory requirement that has not changed. But they are focusing more on food safety tasks as opposed to looking at more of the organoleptic properties. So, you know, a, a pin feather or a broken wing, which is a quality defect, not a food safety defect. So they kind of focused um, more so on the food safety aspects than they were the quality. I think that um, we've got about 120 plants now that have opted into the new poultry inspection system. Um, and of those, last year, five of them were granted line speed waivers. There's a series of criteria that establishments have to meet in order to be eligible to obtain those waivers. And so, um, from my, what I learned yesterday when I met with FSIS is that there are a few more uh, plants that have applied for those line speed waivers. Okay. Uh, one other area uh, I want to cover is um, antibiotic use and, and also animal welfare. Um, the industry, the U.S. poultry industry is now more than 50% antibiotic free. Um, any concerns about that from a welfare standpoint? I think as long as um, veterinarians are treating the birds if they get sick, then I'd, I don't see a welfare issue with it. Um, but it's a company decision and um, there's a lot of public pressure on our members to uh, raise birds without antibiotics and it can be done and it can be done well.